Hello and welcome to another episode of Nerd Nation Entertainment Broadcast. I'm your host for today, Hank Zappa. Proud to be here. Hey, and today, I want to thank you for listening. And today, like any other day, we have a guest. So let's give him a call. Hey, Steve. Hello. Yeah, I'm here. Hey, how's it going, man? It's Hank. You're live on the new Nerd Nation Entertainment Broadcast. Pleasure to have you on. What's up, Hank? What's up, Nerd Nation? Oh, so true, man. Um, you know, we go way back, like since I was in diapers, practically. And uh, it's an honor to have you on. Um, you know, uh, I wanted to talk to you about video games. Um, I figured, why not have you on the show? Um, yeah, it makes sense, man. Been doing it a long time. Yeah, I, for, I don't, uh, for sure. I don't know if that's a good thing or not, but, you know, I've been gaming for uh, probably 30 years. 30 years plus, for sure. Wow, yeah. Yeah, now what, uh, what originally got you into gaming? How did you stumble upon games? Yeah, that's a good question. Uh, you know, I was always into, as a kid, I was always into, like, board games and just the competitive nature of gaming, period. You know, whether it was uh, chess, checkers, Monopoly, Life, Scrabble, it, it didn't matter. Any Anything to, uh, to occupy my time. Also, as a kid, uh, a lot of people don't know this, but my brother and I, we were growing up, we could not, uh, we weren't allowed to watch TV during the week in our home. So we had to focus on schoolwork, and then we were done with schoolwork, we had to find other types of recreational activity, which in a lot of instances for me, it was uh, it was games, uh, board games, and then that eventually transitioned uh, later on to when the Nintendo come out, uh, probably in the the early late eighties. Late eighties had that, and the second now we had Atari and uh, Atari thirty two hundred, the original Atari, and then had the Atari fifty eight hundred. But I don't I don't feel video games really exploded onto the scene until the uh, the invention of the the Sega Master System and the original NES. Right. Yeah, now that's a that's the thing. Like back in the day, and now it's more common to have electronics and have devices and things of that nature. But back in those times, when you were growing up, I'm sure it was so foreign to have such a device in your house. So so how did your parents react um, to you even first getting a system? Well, my dad, he, he was kind of a gamer himself a little bit. You know, I guess it was a novelty item for him. And he was the one that actually bought the thirty the Atari 3200. But uh, now you're talking early 80s now, early mid-80s now. And I was probably, you know, 8, 9, 10 years old in that, in that time frame. And what, what happened is, you know, it'd be a Saturday morning, Saturday afternoon, you know, my brother and I were waking up at six o'clock in the morning, go downstairs and play video games. And then my dad or my mom would come down and say, no, you you know, it's Saturday. It's nice out. Go, go play outside. You're not staying in the house on a video game. So that was the, that was the battle you faced in. And I'm sure it's a battle. It's a struggle still, you know, to this day, even more with more, and just video games, just the electronic connection of devices is the Facebooks, the Instagrams, TikTok, and, you know, whatever else is going to be the next TikTok that's coming. It puts people in a position where they're, uh, 
you know, you, you, you think you're connected. You have all these friends. You're like, ah, oh, you know, I got, you know, a million followers or 200,000 followers, but yet you're in a room, in a bedroom, in a basement, isolated from the world. So you have friends virtually, but not, not much in, in reality. <laughs> true. Yeah. True. Yeah. So, uh, I'm, I'm sure all sorts of parents are, are faced with all sorts of ways of how they have to, to handle that. Do you, and some of them see it as a positive and some see it as a negative. Do you think that being a gamer or gaming in general is healthy? Well, I don't, I don't think it's, I don't think either is a positive or a negative. I, I feel it's, it's, it's an outlet for what you enjoy to do. Now, if you, if you're a basketball player, a football player, a gamer, an artist, um, you know, whatever your craft is, you're a musician, you know, whatever your craft is, um, or your hobby is, not necessarily your craft, but your hobby, you know, as long as it's good and it's positive, then, then do it. Now, uh, you know, you, you definitely don't want to spend all your time gaming, you know, every free moment of every day gaming, uh, when you have other things that you could be doing in this world, you know, it's a beautiful world, get out, get out and enjoy it. Now, of course, with the rise of COVID, a lot of people are isolated uh, inside and, and not able to engage in, in social activities, like, you know, maybe going out bowling or, you know, activities that are indoors, shooting pool or something like that. So you've seen a rise in Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, you know, uh, Xbox, PS5, because people people don't have anything to do. Uh, so it's an outlet. It gives somebody an outlet who you know who's tired of being trapped in their room or trapped in their house all day every day. You're doing virtual learning now, so might as well turn the game on and get in some COD or you know whatever your game of, game of choice is. So I, I don't see it as a positive or a negative to answer your question. I see it as just a it's an it's an outlet uh, for people to to blow off some team steam. And really decompress, escape from reality for a few hours. Yeah, totally. I um, the reason I ask that is because in the '90s, especially, uh, there was a lot of violent video games that were coming out, and those violent video games totally gave gaming as a whole a bad rap, I would say, and and so therefore. Um, people would think and they would blame it on the video games when something bad in the world happened. You know, so that's why I wondered, do you think it's helpful that we have more games and we have more opportunity and this and that? Or do you think it's actually being more destructive? Well, I, I don't think it's destructive or helpful. I think it's, it's up to, you know, if you're a minor you know, 10, 11, 12, 13 years old, and you're living in a home with your parents, I think it's up to your parents to censor what type of content you're absorbing. And it's not just video games. It's movies, it's music, it's art, it's books. I mean, violence has been a part of the American culture since day one. I oh, mean, totally. You know, we, we fought more wars than any other country, so it, it's ingrained in who we are as, uh, as Americans really as, as human, you know, but it's up to the parents to kind of censor what your child is, is, is taking in and, and remind 
remind each other or remind your child that this is entertainment. You know, True. this is not reality. Exactly. It's just a form of entertainment. Um, whether it's a whether it's an R-rated movie or you know a, a, a MA movie, TV MA, where you know for mature audiences only. So, I mean, we're not going to stop the violent content from coming. So, it has to be censored at the parental level within inside the home for anybody that that's under 18. And then if you're over 18, you know, hopefully you have the ability to discern at that point that this is just entertainment. It's not, it's not real. I'm not going to go, you know, pick up an ax or pick up a, uh, AK 47 and, and go shoot somebody. So, yeah. And that's a fine line. That's a fine line because it's very easy as you and I who have lived plenty of life but to a teenager or somebody of that nature um, who isn't as experienced, you know, they can get lost in the world. And a lot of them, not a lot, but some don't have the parental guidance, you know, that whether they, whether they don't have parents or they're distant from their families or, or stuff like that. So it's a fine line because I, myself, I think it can be a great tool to use gaming and use, you know, um, devices and things of that nature, but uh, it can also be a great destructor because I just see how warped, you know, people get into it, you know? They, they totally get lost in trying to keep up with the score or have the latest skins patch or this new download just came out. Like the level of gaming is so, you know, so massive of levels to it now that it's hard to say. Well, it's all been monetized. You know, when, when, when I bought, or my parents bought me my first uh, Sega you know, that thing come with a game, two controllers, all the hookups. Now, now I, you know, internet wasn't a thing, but, you know, you had all of the content necessary for two people to game and, and have an enjoyable experience. Right. Now, you buy a system, you get one controller, uh, you might not even get a hard drive, you might have to upgrade to a hard drive, you got to buy another controller, then you have to pay for the online services. And these, these companies have gotten really slick, you know, especially Activision and Bungie, of how to monetize their product with, um, with new skins, new outfits. And then really, that's just an extension of your self-worth as, as, as who you are in this world. You know, back when I was growing up, it was still there, that, but it just wasn't video games. You had to have the coolest Jordans or you had to have the cool starter coat. Uh, or the cool hat with the rhinestones on it. Now, I'm aging myself, but it's the same principle that where people are putting their self-worth in material items or I got the coolest skin on the game or I got the, you know, I got the coolest skin for my gun. And, you know, some of these games, that's a big debate in gaming right now is, you know, free-to-play versus pay-to-win, right? There are certain games that you play, uh, even on your phone, uh, certain strategy games where if you buy certain packs or certain add-ons from the game, it gives you a strategic advantage in the game over the player that doesn't, that maybe didn't pay for it, that's free to play. So, 
you know, these companies have really kind of monetized uh, a game where, you know, back in the day, you buy a game, you might play it for, you know, two or three months, six months, and then that, that game was done until you got a new game or you got the, the second version of that game come out that you might, might have liked, like uh, Mortal Kombat 1, 2, 3, 4, all the way up to wherever they're at now. But now, you could take a Mortal Kombat 11 and never change it, but just keep adding add-ons, add-on purchases. So that allows these developers to really take all their money that they use to develop the game and then instead of developing a whole new game on a new platform, just keep doing these add-ons at you know, 30% or 40% or 50% of the cost of the game, and that, that takes on a new life of its own. Oh, yeah, but, you know, I think it's in all fairness, to be honest, because there's so much work that goes into making a video game. So, therefore, as much as they may be um, taxing on a little little steep it may seem because of the cost it actually takes to make the game you know that can be debatable as well because creativity costs money good creativity you know and um so yeah it's it's hard to say but back to the topic of whether it being good or bad do you think that we're on the right pathway with where games are because a lot of it is First-person shooter RPG, you know, for the most part, those are the those are the type of dynamics to what's hot in the video game world and what's exciting to play. Do you think that's the right pathway, or are there different versions like virtual reality or maybe even holographic that we take on? You know, I, I think we're. I mean, we're on the right pathway to what, you know, we're, we're on a, we're on the pathway of, of who knows, you know, put, we're on a pathway of just pushing the boundaries of technology. Right. right? You know, my Sega was an eight bit, eight bit system. Right. And now we're up to systems that can run 4k solid state hard drives that are almost mirroring real life, real life military operations in real life. True. Right? They're mimicking that on 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 the games right now. So yeah, I mean, there's soldiers uh, yeah. that play Call of Duty just to uh, study movement, you know, and stuff yeah. like that. Yeah. So you know, are we on the right path? I'd say yes. I mean, we. I'd hate to have to play. I can't imagine playing a blocky eight bit, <laughs> you know, Call of Duty game right now. That that wouldn't even. It wouldn't even look right or make sense, you know. And then we got the game Minecraft. How how does that, um, how does that sell? Like, what is it that's appealing? Do you think that catches? Yeah, the I don't eye? know. It's um, I don't know what's appealing about Minecraft. Um, you know, it looks like they have a very loyal base of customers that they got out there early, and um, you know, there are people that go in there and log hours every day but this is no it's no different than what, what what is your game of choice you know what's your game of choice is your game strategy is your game is your game first person shooter is your game uh you know uh, a role-playing game or what are the new ones the, the, the big ones they call i forget the name of it but like the league of legends type of games that are pc only that are just you know people are having leagues now i mean 
it really gaming is you know is evolving into a sport. You know, mm-hmm. people are having these tournaments and you know, there's money behind it. You can get advertising rights behind it. You can get sponsored. I mean, you have people on YouTube channels that just are making tons of money just by streaming themselves playing games. So I think we're on the right path because um, I don't see anything detrimental to it. Um, you know, I don't, I don't see an increase in violence because of it. And Is the youth missing out on knowledge and education because there is so much um, to learn all in their face all the time? Hard to say. Hard to say. It, it, you know, what, what I might consider missing out is relative. You know, are they missing out on having social engagement and being outside and, and, and doing, doing social activities, social group activities? I don't know. Maybe they are. Maybe they're not. You know, it's, um, right now, you could argue that their network of people that they game with, that that is a social activity. Right, that they are getting social engagement, even though they're not getting face-to-face engagement. It's a new, it's a new medium and it's a new forum uh, for that right now. So, you know, it's, it's all relative on who you ask. You know, if you're asking me my opinion on it, I don't, I don't think they're missing out. Um, I think it's just different now. What was, um, what was one of your very favorite games ever playing? Uh, my my favorite game of all time is uh, Fantasy Star One. It was the first role playing game I was ever introduced to. Probably come out back in like '88, and um, you know, role playing game where you essentially are dropped into a world with nothing, you know, naked essentially, and then you have to build yourself up, build your characters up, build your team, and, and then go fight the the ultimate enemy at the, at the end of the game. And, um, that game hooked me on, that game hooked me on to role-playing games. So that's still my favorite genre of game is role-playing. Now, later on in the early 2000s, uh, with the, with the rise of online gaming and first person shooters, uh, really got into Halo, which then transitioned me over to COD uh, Gears of War is another favorite first-person shooter. But you can't forget Destiny. Uh, well, still, I'm doing it in due time. Destiny didn't come out until 14. Oh, okay. So that is true. kind of get the chronological order. You were getting there. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm kind of giving you the chronological order of my gaming. So, you know, early in the early, in the early well, late 80s, early 90s was probably... Uh, role-playing games, really got into Resident Evil, uh, a lot of the Mortal Kombat in the 90s and then 2000s went to the to the Halos, Call of Duties, uh, Gears of War, Assassin's Creed, great, great series of games, God of War, great series of games on, on the Sony platform. And then, uh, yeah, then, then come 214 and Bungie, which, who made Halo, Bungie released a, a game called Destiny, which... I felt was the perfect combination of of a little bit of role play with a really good first person shooter, uh, competitive multiplayer element. Uh, I had a lot of cooperative activities in the game that you could only complete uh, with members, either a three team, mem- uh, three three members of a team, or six member activities. You could not. It was very difficult and challenging 
to complete some of these activities on your own. And some of them you could not complete on your own unless you had six members working together, uh, trying to get the job done. So yeah, that's, uh, that's still a favorite of mine. Destiny, I play it now. Now we're, look, we're looking at current games, the games that I'm playing right now. Uh, the, the newest God of War, still playing that one on my, on my PlayStation four. And then on my Xbox, I'm playing, um, I'm playing Warzone, play that a lot, and I'm playing Destiny 2, uh, the new one that just come out, uh, Beyond Light. Yeah, and you know why you know why this is such a cool um, thing to talk to you about it because you're a lot of people think that for the most part that games are for introverts, but a lot of times. And I've seen as of late, more extroverts are playing video games. And I put you in that category of, a, of an extrovert because you still are handling life. You're still working your job, you know, and doing your thing. And yet you still find time uh, to get a game or two in here or there. And uh, for the most part, I would say you're a decent gamer. You know, you, at least for first-person shooters. And um, so it's interesting to talk to you about this. Now, In with that being said, do you think that you continue to play games because you are good? Or would you not play if you thought you were bad? Well, let me address some of the things you said a lot there. I think that the... I think that's a stereotype on people uh, that... If you're a gamer, you're an introvert. I think anybody can be a gamer. Sure. Now it doesn't matter. Introverted, extroverted. I mean, who who knows? You have a you have a degree of anonymity now with being online. You know, you could be a CEO of a Fortune 500 company, and you know, still like to get headshots <laughs> on Call of Duty. True. Right. <laughs> or you could be, you know a guy that, that, that works at a gas station changing oil. Not, not that there's anything wrong with that either, but you just, you could be anybody and you could be good or bad at gaming. You know, gaming is a release. Now, now if you're going to play competitive, you better be good. Now, oh, I'm a 45 sure. year old man. Right. And I appreciate you saying that I'm good at gaming. I'm, I'm good for a guy that's 40 years old. Oh, so I'm not so good against 20 year olds. Right. And you just, Right. It's a diminishing skill set. You don't have the same hand-eye coordination that I had in my 20s that I have in my 40s. Now, you put me up against some other 40-year-olds, yeah, I'll probably do pretty good against them. But against a 20-year-old, I uh, might be a little below average. Right. So uh, will I continue the game? Yeah. Will I continue the game whether I'm good or bad? Yeah, because I don't play competitively. I play for fun, and I do like, I do like the competitiveness of gaming. But I don't play for money. So, you know, as long as I can pick up that controller and I don't have any arthritis and it's not uh, not hurting me to game or stressful on my eyes, I'm going to continue the game until, uh, or as long as I want, until I don't feel like doing it anymore, which is probably going to be never. Now, in gaming, especially in RPGs, I would say you have to, um, you have to have a sharp memory because you may put the game down and days later you have to pick the game back up. So do you think you have to have a great coordination of memory to play games like that? 
Or if your well, memory's yeah. not that good, are you kind of limited? Well, the thing is with role-playing games, you do have to have memory because you have to go, you have to talk to people in certain villages and achieve certain quests. And then, you know, you have to remember, recall who you talked to, who told sent you on a quest and then where they were located. So you do have to have a certain degree of memory. Sure. Um, now, one thing that I like to do, usually once I get into a role-playing game, I, I like to play it to completion for that reason, that I don't like to alternate back and forth between a lot of games. I don't like to step away from the game for too long because exactly that reason, when you get back on, it might take you a day or two or three to remember exactly what you were doing, where you left off, what quest you were on, and uh, you know where, where your bookmark was, so to speak, what you should be, what you should be chasing, what's your goal at this time. So, you know, when I get a game, a role-playing game, I try to play it beginning to end. Um, usually, the good ones are, are taking me usually seventy or eighty hours uh, worth of time. I know some of the old uh, Final Fantasy took me seventy, eighty hours plus, and that's just completing the campaign. That's not always doing all the extra stuff, the side missions and everything. So, so you can, you know, you can easily invest a hundred hours into some of these role-playing games or, or more. Um, but yeah, I like to play them to completion, and yeah, you do have to recall. But you know. If you don't recall, you can always cheat, right, and go to YouTube and kind of pick up where you left off and, and pull out the cheat sheet that way. Oh, sure. Yeah, I, I, the reason I say that is because, you know, sometimes people are discouraged from even playing a certain type of game because of things like that. Like they say to themselves, oh, well, I'm not going to remember, so I can't play that type of game. And then there's those type of gamers where... They only play sports games or they only play shooter games, you know, so that's that's the reason I asked. Do you think that um, do you think that's an issue now over the years? Uh, have you felt that gaming has improved your attributes as a human in general? Um, I wouldn't I wouldn't say that it's improved my attribute as a as a human being. I think um I think it may have improved some hand-eye coordination. You know, I'm also a gun owner, and I, I like to go out to the range and, and squeeze off some rounds. And I think, you know, I think I've always been pretty good at hand-eye coordination. That's why I excelled at gaming early on. But I don't know if that, you know, gaming makes you a better human being. I guess it, you know, you're, you're going to be a good human being or not, depending, uh, gaming's not going to have anything to do with it. Gaming, for a lot of people, can be released. For me, it's a form of entertainment where some people go home and, you know, watch YouTube videos or some people go home and watch movies and I, I come home, I, I, I turn the game on. And it's, you know, it's a, it's a form of escapism. And it, if, if that helps me subconsciously from blowing up on somebody at work, then yeah, then I guess, <laughs> then I guess that's good. But, True. but uh, it's just, you know, it's an escape. It's an escape for me. It's a hobby. It's uh, something I like to do in my past, my pastime. Do I think it makes me a better person? No, because if I didn't have gaming in my life, I think I'd, I'd still be a pretty good person, pretty decent person. So, now I I have a question for you. Um, this goes on to uh, relationships and being in a relationship and being a gamer. It's it's a struggle sometimes. Um, I even have a one one buddy. 
that uh, he won't date a girl if she's a gamer <laughs> because he says that that just kind of he's not against women gamers. He just thinks that that affects his game time, you know, so has gaming put a damper ever on your relationship or do you think that's a factor as well? Um, it definitely is a factor um, with relationships because gaming, if you're serious, it's very time consuming. And mm-hmm. especially if you work a job, you know, if you work a nine to five and you come home and game and then if you stream too, I mean, then you're devoting a lot of your time to gaming and working and there's not a lot of time there left for a relationship with a, you know, with a partner. So, right. Um, you know, I always say you have to prioritize because I, you know, I've been with a woman for a long time in a long-term relationship. She knows I'm a gamer, but you know, sometimes she'll, she'll give me that look like, Hey man, it's, uh, time to get off the game, spend a little (laughs) time with me. Right. And, uh, you know, that's cool. That's cool because for me, like I said, it's an escape unless the tough challenging time for me is if it's a new game or I'm trying to grind through a mission under a time constraint. Like if something is time gated and I have to get it done in a certain amount of time, then I feel that pressure to get it done on the game and I might neglect, you know, some other things in my in my personal life to try to get it done. But, you know, if you would ask me that, that question probably 20 years ago in my 20s, I would have said it's gaming for life, you know, gaming over everything. Right. But now <laughs> 40, you know, I have, a, I have a much, you know, I have a daughter, I have kids, so I have a much more balance in my life and the game is not priority number one anymore you know it's, it's family it's work and then you know the game comes third or fourth or fifth down the line when i have some extra time amen but you definitely got to balance it you know you, you whoever is listening out there uh has you have to balance your own time and prioritize what what's important to you first yeah i um I got another question. This is going to sound kind of broad, but do you consider yourself a winner? That's a relative term, too. You know, it all depends on perspective. Do I, I think I've done well for myself. I've been fortunate. I've been blessed in my life uh, to have circumstances that allow me to succeed. Right. Uh, you know, I've won at a lot of things. I've lost at some things, too. But overall, I say that I, uh, I've done well for myself, and uh, I'm happy I'm happy with where my life is uh, right now at 45 years old. Yeah, I think you're a winner, man. You don't got to be so humble about it. I, I don't I don't even think it's egotistical, you know, to say that. I think you're a winner. I think you took a lot of uh, stuff that happened in your life and you balanced it very well. And that's what got you where you are today. You know, so um, the reason I asked if you think you're a winner because... Uh, if you were a winner, it's kind of like, you know, you meet that guy. Like, there was this guy I was watching. He was the greatest street fighter player of all time. And this guy, the story on this guy is he was so awesome. He was, you know, destroying it. And then all of a sudden, he vanished. And they couldn't find this guy. They were looking for the greatest street fighter player ever. And uh, they couldn't find him. So... But they said that he got sick of winning. He got sick of it. So because they gave him everything in the world, he had everything at his disposal. So it was like, after you reach that Ayatollah, where's the roof now? 
You know, where's the ceiling that you try and reach? And the reason I asked you is, do you feel like that? I feel like you are. So what would be next for you, especially in the pandemic? Well, you, I mean, once you reach the mountaintop of a certain craft, whether it's music, whether it's acting, whether it's gaming, whether it's in business, um, you can start another craft. You can try to venture out and do something else. Uh, if you're unfulfilled with, with the chase of becoming a winner or, be, or the chase of being the best, right? And, you know, I look at guys like Michael Jordan. You know, Michael Jordan's arguably the greatest basketball player of all time. Mm-hmm. He won six championships. You know, he didn't stop at one. He didn't stop at two. He didn't stop at three. And, you know, he, he would have tried to go on past six. You know, he can, he continued in the league, but his skill set just wasn't there. So for some people, the thrill of winning never diminishes. You want to win every chance that you get. And the the only thrill of reaching the mountaintop is to start over and get to the mountaintop again, right? And, the, and you see that in Kobe Bryant. You see that in LeBron James. I mean, you see that in Tom Brady. I mean, you see that in our our athletes, our winning athletes that are out there. They're some of the best that we have. And, uh, you know, I would venture to say probably in the next couple of years, you're going to see that in gaming, too, as uh, gaming starts to go more mainstream and starts to get picked up by sponsors. You'll see teams that uh, that become elite and, and, and players that become elite. Probably some out there now that, I, that I'm not aware of that, you know, are streaming on Twitch and YouTube and... Yeah, so that's cool, man. Thank you so much. I appreciate you being on. Um, it, it seems like you squared it all the way. We're running out of time. Is there, um, is there anything that you would like to say to to gamers as of today or, and future gamers? Hey, man, it, it, the only thing I would say is, um, you know, play what you like. You know, play the games that you like uh, and don't worry about what, what somebody else has to think or say about it. You know, I guess that goes for anything in life. You know, do do what it is that you like to do. Uh, be strong enough not to be influenced under peer pressure to do something that you don't want to do. Um, and um, yeah, that that'd be it, man. Game gaming is a is a great opportunity to escape and have fun for a few hours. And you know, if you're serious about it, you can make some good coin doing it. So yeah, man, I'm all about gaming still. So true. So true. Thank you so much for being on, Steve. I appreciate it. And uh, game All right, on. Man, shout out, shout out to Hank Zabla and Nerd Nation, man. What's up? <laughs> oh, no doubt. Thank you so much, man. It's not. It's an honor to have you on, man. We came a long way. <laughs> uh, no doubt. No doubt. Yeah. Started from the bottom, still at the bottom. <laughs> right. <laughs> Touche, brother. Touche. All right. Well, take care, Steve. I'll talk to you soon. All right. Talk to you later. All right. Bye.